Hey everyone, this is Jim. Probably your least favorite comm major. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this is our episode for Attack the Block. I wanted to give a little uh, warning up front that we had some audio issues uh, and we thought about maybe even just scrapping the whole episode, but uh, I really enjoyed the conversation and I really enjoyed this movie. So I'm going to put it out. If you are so frustrated by the audio issues, uh, we're also going to be releasing the bodyguard today. So uh, skip this one and jump right into the bodyguard if you hate the noise issues. Hello and welcome to Comagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie. And tonight we're joined by one of our favorite friends from Pop Addled, Keenan Laird. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mars. <laughs> I should have just been hello. Hello. Hello, governor. Did you say hello? hello? <laughs> ah, I said hello. Close enough. <laughs> Do the whole episode in an accent as possible. Uh, because today we are looking at what happens when horny aliens go face to face, head ass London teenagers and attack the block. But for the most pressing question of every episode, what are we drinking this episode? That's delicious. Yeah, I'm having um, a recommendation Ooh. from from Neil Blumberg. Uh, it is called Legent. It is a bourbon uh, that is like a collaboration between um, one of the bourbon distilleries in Kentucky and a Japanese whiskey blender who then he takes the bourbon that they make in Kentucky and he blends it... Um, well, he actually ages it in a bunch of different casks, like wine casks and sherry casks and stuff. And then he like blends them all back together into one whiskey. And it is smooth. I still think it has a weird finish. I like it. I like the I like the front end of it. And then the back end is a little bit like tailpipey. Tailpipey? Yeah, there's like there's a little, like a little a something. Tailpipe? I don't know if I've ever heard like anyone a, use that as a way to describe a beverage, but... Well, of let's be fair. Have, I was, I was have, about yes. to make a midsummer joke or something. You have, oh, no. you have, oh. Katie has been known to drink out of bathtubs and trash cans. Um, we've meanwhile, recently. we asked our commenters and that no question. one agreed false, with you. False. There were definitely people who said yes to both of those things. You no, did not we're, we're trash cans. Not they one person said bathtub. Not in one. Your hometown. Okay, right? okay, we're gonna have to go back and reread because I know there were some yeses. Um, so Katie has two beverages as recommended by the commenters. One was obviously we needed some gin up in here for this London film. Uh, of course, we only had American gin, but that's fine. It's fine. I made a gin and jam because I didn't have gin and tonic. Little smuckers in there, some sparkling, delicious. And then my hot toddy drink is a London fog. A hot toddy is a specific <laughs> drink. Stop using that as if it's like a any hot point. alcoholic drink. And it's in our shovel town. <laughs> I was looking for a glass, uh, a glass. It's very nice. That would accommodate a hot beverage, right? This works. So it's tea. It's a latte with whiskey mm. and vanilla in it, and it is yummy. Mm. Mm. Amazing, Keenan. What do you got? So I am drinking Rusty Rail Breweries Pretty Kitty, which is a hazy IPA with raspberry, lactose, and vanilla. Oh, I it's, love when they put lactose in beers. It is. So it delicious. does make it good. And it, it is such a cute little. It's a cute can. It's a fantastic like can. It's a cute can. Yeah. yeah. And Rusty Real is, uh, you know, the brewery that's right outside of Lewisburg. And that is where I had my little impromptu reception. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, that, and that's actually this is like one of the last beers from when we were up there for that. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am drinking my favorite English beer, Samuel Smith Oatmeal mm. Stout. Mm-hmm. Mm. A truly delicious beer. Bravo. I love too. that. Love mm. it. And I'm drinking it out of my authentic, well, you can't see because it's virtual background, Samuel Smith glass, which I procured from a the oldest pub in England, in London, when I visited. Good mm. word. Good word. Pro- procure. Thank you. It's a hard one to say. Procure. Yes. Procure. Uh, it's time for the rundown. Mm. Which button? We found it. We found it. I like to pretend all the people in the newsroom typing during this part. Like... <laughs> that was very good. I like that sound effect. Well done. It's, it's very all the president's men. Yeah, it is. Very nice. Well done. Moses and friends thought the height of the night's excitement would be robbing a lady and using their proceeds for pot. Turns out that's just the beginning of the strangest night of their lives when they discover themselves to be the unlikely heroes in the alien versus teen predators saga. When aliens attack the block, block fights back. Trust, fam. That's it. All right. Sweet. To the point. Short and sweet. Uh, all right, it's time for grade. Of course, we grade the film A plus through F minus. Let's start with our expert extraordinaire oh, of all cat. things cats. As there's this cat, cat is there, cat beer, cat everything. Uh, Keenan, A plus through F minus. What do you grade? Attack the block. So, all right. So, I actually, I, I, I thoroughly, I love this movie. I, I found it a while back. Uh, I'm going to go with an A. I, I think realistically, this is a A minus or B plus. It's a very good movie, but it, it has its flaws. It's not great, but it gets that extra bump for me because of the people in it, because there's three different actors in it who have gone on to other geeky franchises that I love. So they get it gets a little bump up to an A for me. So uh, as per your show pop adult uh you are not basing the film on the actual film you're just using <laughs> no no no, no. That's outside shit to to uh but you're not you're so you're 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 saying the film itself is a b plus but your attachment yeah. to other properties not in any way tied to this film <laughs> right right is yeah. the value of this film true. okay very true. all right well, Katie, what do you give this uh, film? I'm right there with Keenan. I loved this movie. Um, and yeah, I guess we can we can talk about the the flaws in it. But I was totally wrapped up in it. In fact, this movie ended and I was like, wow, that, that flew. That was fast because it was good. It was, good. it was a really good movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to also go with a minus. You know, I don't think this is going to be like best film of the year, but right. uh, thoroughly enjoyable. Original story, original characters, A minus. Jim, I'm going uh, B plus. Uh, I think this is a great movie. I I love it as well. Um, there's a lot. Go- there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that it's like a creature feature, like kind of goofy sci-fi movie. But that they work in some real heart and and you know ideas into it. 
Excellent. Uh, I will go with Jim. I B plus. This is the first time I saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed it. Like Katie, it came to an end. I wish it could have been longer. Uh, but maybe that's what's so good about it. You know, it's fast paced. It's nonstop. Every right. And it's a, a, kind of like a little hidden gem. Actually, I was yeah. probably one of the most fun viewing experiences I've had on our show. Like it's just a fun, enjoyable movie. And I actually have a very on, on. No, 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 no. Cause on this show, you've watched Buckaroo Bonsai. So this is what Buckaroo Bonsai should have been. <laughs> if uh talented film involved in Buckaroo. Yeah. This Bonsai, is what perhaps. reveals how bad Buckaroo Bonsai is. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so let's get into it. First of all, um, I'm intrigued because Jim selected this film and he's been a champion of it for quite a while. It's one of these movies we've been talking about a lot. What, when do you first see it, Jim? And what is kind of drawing you to be such a kind of supporter of encouraging people to see it? Um, I think uh, I'm trying to remember when I saw this first. Um, I remember hearing about it probably not exactly when it came out, um, but a little while later when probably when John Boyega was cast as Finn and everyone was like, oh, this this guy is, you know, the new, you know, one of the new leads in the new Star Wars franchise. This is basically all he had done. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't look at it, but he hasn't done much prior to that. Right. Um, and then, so I, uh, I think I bought it on Apple, you know, from iTunes or whatever. It was like five bucks. Um, so I bought it and I watched it alone while I think while Katie and the girls were on like a road summer road trip to your aunt's house. I, uh, I watched it and I loved it. Um, but I actually hadn't rewatched it until now because I had wanted to rewatch it with Katie and then we kind of decided, Oh, we'll do it for the podcast at some point. So we'll rewatch it then. Um, and I think for me, it's always, I love genre movies, but I hate, I hate shackled genre Mm -hmm. movies that are like, that feel like they need to do certain things and, and, and be a certain way because they are a specific type of movie. Um, and I love all genre movies that, that elevate their character mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so that's yeah. actually, that was something I wanted to bring up. It's something that we've talked about over on pop adult a few times that like it, the difference between sci-fi and science fiction, which I mean, there isn't a real difference. It's just, you know, one of those things like, Oh, a geek and a nerd is different. It's just really, it's something that it, you and Tim made up. Right. Exactly. It's something <laughs> Tim and I made up and we're <laughs> hoping it catches on and <laughs> No one listens to us. Stop trying to make that happen. Yeah, kind of like your your thumb rating system is going to catch on. Nobody has any idea what it means. Oh my god, my wife is constantly. She's anytime that she's like listens to the podcast, she's like that thumb thing makes no sense. She's like, just do one to ten. I'm like, no, that's the point. That's the fun part of the thumbs. They're meaningless. Uh, But no, no, sci-fi is like you know your Independence Day, your Men in Black. Like you're just literally, it's just oh, it's about aliens. I mean, even. To an extent, Star Wars is a sci-fi. Just it's just a fun movie 
with science fiction elements. Science fiction is your ex machinas, your annihilations, your alien, your blade runners. This is where they use science fiction to tell a story and subvert genres even to a point and actually use metaphors. Like this movie has a lot of like, has a social just like not social just, but it has like a social message in it. Yeah. yeah it's no, a metaphor. It does, yeah. So that that's where science fiction is its best. I mean, you look at like the alien franchise and that's very much about like, you know, business being bad. So it's when you get good sci-fi or si- good science fiction, I feel like yeah. it's, I, I'm going to call time out here. <laughs> If you can't keep it straight, don't ask your listeners to keep it straight. So also, better not use an acronym for the other term as like something totally different, right? Like, oh, no, no, no. I'm using I'm using like the the sci-fi channel. Or it's oh, it's a why. Yeah, yeah, it's why. I honest, I completely blacked out there. I had no fucking idea what was going on. It was very loose and keen. I just started like counting dots on the. He he was he made very much sense until he confused his two own terms. But (laughs) everything else made so much sense to me. Well, Uh, I I think I I love what you said about um, this film and and not subscribing primarily to one specific genre style. mm -hmm. I think you can absolutely see the relationship between Shaun of the Dead and this movie. Mm, um, yes. Though they're, I mean, they are worlds apart in a lot of ways, but in trying to explain that um, dark comedy that still really tugs at the heartstrings, yeah. right? Where like, it's not just Army of Darkness, right? Like Army of Darkness has that dark comedy where like you can just kind of laugh through the whole thing. And there's like ridiculous, you know, violent scenes that like you never really feel. This movie and Shaun of the Dead, like there are death scenes that like get you right in the gut where like you are connected to those characters. And, you know, at the beginning when you meet these guys, I think you, you get a sense of like, this is all going to turn out great in the end, right? Like they're teenagers. <laughs> it's going to be fine. They're on bikes. It's cute. This guy's got a scooter and a samurai sword and a dog. You know, like how can this go wrong? Um, a pizza and delivery then there's, scooter, actually. Yeah, there's some like, that's the best part. Oh, there's some legit heartbreaking moments yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, what I liked about, uh, Joe Cornish's directing and he had done some, you know, he's obviously a writer. He writes a lot. He had done some TV stuff, but this was his first movie is right. there was obviously elements of filmmakers. He loved yeah. within that. Um, and it's kind of like when we were talking last week about Casablanca and the like influence and how filmmakers are influenced. But I think he, he takes like the best bits of it without being too copycat like to me there are like elements certainly of Shaun of the Dead and that style but there's also like elements of Guy Rich early Guy Ritchie lock stock I felt like in the ways he was dealing with the drug dealers in terms of the shots and things like that but then I thought there was some there's some great like original choices you know in particular there's a sequence when the aliens are attacking and trying to get to the drug dealer's apartment and there's they've let off the smoke bomb. Yes. Like that, like there was legitimate alien like tension to yeah. that scene, which was to me wild. You know, we've done a lot of first time directors uh, over this last stretch. And 
I think in some ways I'm really most impressed by like this film as a first time feature film because he balances all these different genres and homages but it feels like one of the most original movies yeah. I've seen in a long time. Yeah. That yeah. scene, Brian, specifically made me think of how like he created like a, a kind of fear that you, of walking down a dark alley in a completely lit alley. Right? Like yeah. he so with the smoke and the lights on, it made that nobody could see. And that was I definitely have never seen I, I can't think of a movie off the top of my head like where that like fogginess in in a brightly lit area mm. is something that i think people are used to seeing like if you're in the fog and you turn on your lights in your car you can't see anything and that's well, what those characters are kind of experiencing in that moment and it comes across really well on the in film it yeah. does it, it was almost i thought midsummer like and like defying the convention that you would expect, right? Mm -hmm. It yeah. should be that scene would often be shot the reverse, right? Like the power gets cut, the emergency lights go on, and there's like a like a greenish oh, or yellowish, or, yeah. reddish glow yes. to the hallway, right? And then you see the eyes of the yeah, which I mean is the easy way out. So to have for a first feature, kind of the I don't know. I just it was really intriguing to me. It, it seemed like somebody who was a little bit more masterful um, or had more experience in features than this. And and it balance the balance of like comedy, social commentary, but also this is at points of I would say, Katie, you and I are not the you know horror film fans, but there are some scary, scary yeah. elements to yeah. this movie. Yeah, it's I definitely totally a thriller. Agree. So I was, I was I, intrigued. I also, sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was going to say uh, one of the things I love also was his his choice on first off doing all real effects using actual like costuming and stuff, but also the the way that he did these aliens of just basically I don't know if he did use black 2.0 or whatever that blackest black like yeah, color yeah. is, but it, it was like the aliens were so dark like you could not see. They were not 3D images. They were like 2D images, basically. Like you could not tell their shape. You could not tell what they are. And it does add to like that uneasy feeling. And it's like when you see them, you're just like, like the first time you see them, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, these things are just like people in just fursuits, like whatever. But then the more you see them, it's just unsettling because you're like, is it a person? It's not person shaped. And I can't, I can't tell yeah. what its and shape the, is. Yeah. The, the only, only right, the only perspective you get on their like, 3d image of them is when they open their mouth and that's the only time you can see like okay those teeth are closer to me than the teeth in the back of the mouth but like yeah it's it mm -hmm. is weird yeah and like even after the first time they kill it and they put their hand in it like yeah and it's just there's something so unsettling about how dark they are yeah, and it, yeah. it's just amazing and that it was such a, a probably a very cheap decision to make but it works it's yeah. like it's like when you look at the original Star Wars. It's like, yeah, they made it on a budget. They had, they were forced to do effects that way, but they still hold up. That's what makes it good. Well, and there's, there is such a choice made there because I think the expectation is if you don't have the bud budget, then you don't show the monster. 
right? Or you right. don't show the monster mm. as much, right? Like you Correct. hold, right? So we get like the signs sort of like, we're just going to reveal it at the end, <laughs> right? Um, that was one of his influences. Oh, really? That's interesting. He, yeah, Joe Cornish said that like he he was watching signs and was just like, what would happen if they actually came to like London, like into the slums of London, like instead of in these rich white cornfields yeah. of Pennsylvania? Yeah, I thought I thought the monsters were legit scary and i agree with you that the idea of like just a person in it's almost like a black gorilla costume right like essentially just yeah. like a yeah. shapeless Long black gray gorilla, hair. right um feels like it's not going to be very scary i, I right. feel like again at the beginning i thought tonally this was going to go a different way is that and- a dog not a dog dog. (laughs) um yeah but they are they're scary they are scary i loved so to to talk to brian's like the influences that are clear to me like et was all over this movie the moment they they the first alien crashes into the car and runs off into that little shed after he fights yeah after he stabs it the the shed and the light and the swing and like the park and the dog running to it and like barking. And the, and the mist coming out yeah, of the, that the, scene, the shed too. Yeah, like, yeah it was such a, a call to, yeah. to E.T. That's yeah. also Lord of the Flies when they all come out with the with the alien and they're hoisting oh, it up yeah, in the yeah. air. Right. Which very, and you know, Golding is a British author. Right, right. Very influential on so many storytellers. So that was definitely, that and part, the pig and the eyeglasses can, on one of our characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can yep. we talk about our, our the... After they kill this first alien, which we find out later is the female. Well, actually, we never get confirmation of that. So it could have been a male and all the others were females. We don't know that. We don't know which is which. We just know that one of them was very different. The first one was very different. The first one was white and they killed it. And the black ones are coming to mate with the white one. Uh, is but the they idea. can't find it, so they just tear everything else apart. Well, they're well, looking no, for these... the pheromones. They all have pheromones. the scent. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere inside love... of this flesh bag. Listen, <laughs> I just love that people, you know, just like in Red, they just wanted to go ass sliding. Yeah. <laughs> they will go intergalactic to go ass sliding, these aliens. They are not tied down but to yeah. one place. Them walking around their neighborhood with this dead alien showing it to different people is some of the best comedy in this movie. First off, the girls are hilarious. They're like, they want nothing to do with it. Or, and, and they're basically like, call us later when you're done playing Xbox or something like that, they say. <laughs> and then when they take it to the drug dealer's place and the, the drug dealer's bodyguard is like down on one knee, like face to face with this alien. And he's just like, You've got mad skills at making puppets. Like <laughs> it is so funny the way everyone's reacting to this alien, and they don't even like correct this guy. They're just like, yeah, whatever. He's like, it even smells and stuff. And so that is the moment too, where we have the foreshadowing of them watching the nature program. Yes, yes. and right. I, I don't. I thought that was tied in really nicely. It didn't feel obvious to me when I was watching it. Like later on, I was like, oh, was that too obvious at the beginning? But it felt very believable that that's the kind of shit that would have been that, on that in this apartment. Would be watching. Yeah, that, yeah, they, oh, yeah that they would be watching I will Discovery say, Channel. On the second viewing, it does feel really obvious. Sure. Well, because you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, yes. Right. Same here. Yeah. yeah. It's like a little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I... 
Well, Keenan, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say they they do. I feel like almost like Joe Cornish from, you know, being a writer first, like he tried to get ahead on that plot hole because as they're like carrying it up, they're like, oh, yeah, Ron watches all those discover like yeah. <laughs> discovery channels. will know like, this. Yeah. I was like, OK, all right. There, there's a line Bruv. trying to explain this, but right. But, but you know what? Part of it was, you know, this is a shorter film. This was obviously a film that was financed through, you know, some national film award money, you know, period of other sources. It's the equivalent of an independent movie. So you, I feel like, obviously have to make some choices. In, yeah. in fact, I, I, I do wonder if the runtime and things like that are, if there was a ton of the aliens. I'm like, was really floored for what feels like, the equivalent of an independent movie to be able to show them effectively as much as they have, I think is better than, you know, some huge big budget movies that that show it. For example, the absolutely horrible movie, The Meg, which is awful, <laughs> uh, had a huge budget. Right. Everybody was excited about like this movie is a thousand times scarier, probably cost what it, you know, what Jason Statham's trailer cost for the Meg. Uh, and the the aliens are scarier, more believable and more interesting than anything you see in a lot of these huge budget yeah. sci fi movies. It's 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 very reminiscent kind of of uh uh, what's it? Uh, Twenty eight days later. Yes. Like how how much of a small budget? And how he was able to like just Danny Boy was able to do such great things with like this small budget and it make it feel like it's a big budget movie. And that's that's what Joe Cornish accomplished here too. Yep. Well, I agree. The, the, in the in the film box, like if you get the movie, it says basically what happens when you combine Goonies and the Gremlins. Oh, I forgot <laughs> that. Okay, I. I but is I'm there sorry. a need to that? No. By the way, I, I, I am. I am. I am. Can we? Can we just end this right now? Just because any movie has a group of kids, it's not the Goonies. Can we just stop? Like anytime it's anything that's not adults, it's like, oh, it's like the Goonies meets this. It's the Goonies meets that. Stranger Things is the Goonies. Although that was influenced by the Goonies, but again, you can take all of that back to Lord of the Flies just as easily because right. Lord of the Flies predates right. all of it. Well, and I and actually I would say this is much more close. This is so much closer to Lord of the Flies than Goonies. It's, yeah, it it's survival. Nothing to do. Yeah, with the Goonies, Goonies is not necessarily kids. survival. They're not. They're not teaming up to fight these aliens so that their parents can keep their homes. Right. They're not going on an adventure. They don't leave. Right. their house they just keep on going back to their house yeah so like that is just marketing language because they need to somehow explain in a very very short amount of right. time and to a audience that has a very very short attention yeah. span what they're getting into and it's not completely off base right it it it's two films that folks will understand and if you go i like the goonies i like gremlins you're most likely gonna like this Right. It's not so far off. But, I have I, a hot so, take. but that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. And that's oh, no, why that kind why of shit do happens. It, but it just, it really does yeah, bother it, me. It, Everything's the Goonies. Quick hot take. I like this movie more than the Goonies or Gremlins. Hmm. I still, Gremlins is still yeah, really, really good to me. It there is, is something going on under, underneath the surface of Gremlins that I haven't like 
fully put my finger on, but it it's yeah, it's the good. wardrobe is better in this yeah. movie. Oh, than yeah, yeah. His mom? Oh, yeah. Is that <laughs> what the thing is? She's such an interesting character. Oh, yeah. Such an interesting character. The bar? When yeah, they're like the bar. The yeah, bar. yeah, and there's like, there, isn't there a Casablanca thing in the bar? Uh, yes, there is. Actually. Yeah, yeah, there's like a Casablanca very, very reference. Good very good reference. Speaking of mom characters, um, the mom like character in this film, the, the oldest really <laughs> character in the film, is the woman who gets robbed. Uh, Jody Whitaker is this her name? Yep, lover, fantastic. Okay. I was surprised by her casting in this because we knew her primarily as the mother of the dead child in Broadchurch, right? Am I right yes. about yes. that? Yep, yes. Um, which that's this is what serious, I know her from, right? Yeah. What's that one? She's a Doctor Who. She's Doctor. She's the Doctor. Oh wow. Well, so again, going into this, he thinking doesn't that know this what Doctor was, Who is. I know what clear. it is, but no, I haven't watched it. Um, going into this, thinking that it was kind of like dark comedy, I was like, I was intrigued by her casting, thinking like, hmm, I wonder if she can hang with like comedic, right? Um, and I thought the way they balanced tone in this film was really well done. She is never funny, like not. There's not a funny moment with her and it kind of like grounds everything a little bit. Yeah. Cause the, cause the teenage boys, like even when things are serious, there seems to always be like in the next five seconds, there's a comment that sort of like shifts things cause yeah. they're yes. teenage boys yes. and they can't stay in the heavy too long. Um, but she like never lets go of it. Like, yeah, well, she was. You robbed me, right? Like, yes. you, like yeah. you attacked me with a knife. Nobody, and, they don't seem to think that's a big yeah. idea at all. No, there's no like letting them off the hook on it. You know, she's uh, she's serious through the whole thing, and I think it's really good balancing of the story. Yeah, I think, and and I made a late note here is that I, in a second watch, I couldn't help think that this there is like some level of an examination of toxic masculinity in this movie that comes through on a second watch, even like a freight train. Mm -hmm. And it's this, I don't, I don't necessarily think Pete, uh, uh, I almost said Pete Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think the director is making a statement one way or the other, but I think he's really examining, you know, these, these toxic male relationships with each other and the things that, boys and underdeveloped men do um, in order to prove something to each other, prove something to people that are not judging them and, and whether it's, you know, a good thing, a bad thing. Um, I think there's a lot of behavior in this movie that can be traced directly to that. And it's, it's interesting watching on a, on, on more than once. I thought like, you know, there are this whole movie starts the path they're on because Moses, the main character, is pissed that the alien attacked him. Right. It's I'm not about that. right. This movie is not about protection of his house or any of that shit until he says that because it's an excuse to do the shit that he wants to do. Um, he literally says, I'm killing that thing. Like, and then later on it becomes, you don't mess with our neighborhood. And I think on a first watch, the, you don't mess with our neighborhood thing rang a little more true to me. And on the second watch, I was like, 
that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> like none of that happens. And right. even in even in the end, you find out they're the only ones being attacked because they fucked with the white one. This whole situation may have been avoided. And who knows if they would have like the aliens would have went off to that shack and peacefully had an orgy and then left. <laughs> that would that have been but, dirty Mike and the boys. Would that have been more disturbing than the midsummer orgy. But what I'm, which one no, 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 no. Nothing's more disturbing than the. It's not even an orgy in midsummer. No, it's I know just, that's what makes it even uh, more disturbing. Yeah. It's not there's many people there, but it is not an orgy. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. The but that idea on on the second rewatch just kept. Cut, coming back to me is like how much of this behavior led to what happened and in the end i think the first time i watched it i was i was happy you know he ends up killing all these monsters right by doing something very brave and heroic for all the wrong reasons and he sits he gets arrested <laughs> he's sitting in a cop car with his best friend and the crowd is chanting moses because he saved the day and they all know it but he's not happy until his friend says, like, listen to that. And they're chanting your name. And it's like, that's the moment that made it. The journey for him didn't mean anything. It's all outcome based. And like, that's, that's like a problem. For that character. I don't, I don't know. I, I actually kind of got a different feel from this. This is maybe my third or fourth watch. And there, there is something that I noticed, which is that that scene in the weed room when he finally like decides he is going to to do it. It's like I didn't really pick up on it. You you see like kind of like he's he's crying and he's upset when uh when his friend when his first friend dies. Young Den. Yeah, when when Den dies, when Dennis dies. But it's like you can actually see it in the weed room on John Boyega's face. Like there is the weight of like realizing this is all his fault. Like yeah. he was trying to be tough. And because of this, he has caused two of his best friends to die. And there, there is a weight on him. And it, it almost seems like he doesn't care if he can, if he is going to survive this final thing to, to take it back. And actually the first time I didn't, I didn't pick up on like that as his motivation. I thought it was more of like, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm stepping up, you know, but it, it, it's not, it is a, a guilt. This is like almost him trying to commit suicide because he is guilt. He feels so guilty. At least this is what I'm picking up from it. This well, and I, I think I backing that up is us seeing his apartment at the end, right? And so yeah. you get his story that he has basically been caring for himself for who knows how oh. long. And so then the idea of survival takes mm. a whole other twist where like he is always in survival mode, yes. right? And so the robbing, the, all of the selling drugs, all of that turns to a different viewpoint when you're like oh he does nobody's providing for him there is nobody making sure that he eats there is no right like and he's still very much a little boy oh yeah, you know because he's got the little kids like yeah the, the yes. spider-man yeah yeah well that's when, when although i can't judge because i do have a doctor yes. comforter on my bed right you're now. a little boy <laughs> you are married but you're fine with letting it. everybody see your little boy right like Mo moses thinks yeah. he's got to be don't, a don't make a statement like you're fine with letting everybody see your little boy that can be taken <laughs> can be taken in a lot right. of uncomfortable Brian, i didn't um, mean it like that yeah. oh. but the but line that got the the line that got me was 
in that scene and I thought it made the, the movie like, and I don't even know why, but when Jody Whitaker goes and he's like, I'm only 15. Yeah. And she goes, you look a lot older than that. But I thought that that was again, I, like there's some definite social commentary in here, but I yeah. think it's what I love about it. It is it. It's not preachy. It's just authentic to who the characters are. Yeah. And I think it's a thousand times more powerful for that reason. Like you get this layer of this character where, I mean, at the beginning, I think you feel sense like this guy is like, he just robbed this woman and they killed this thing. And I mean, it's an alien. Who, so who cares? But he's drug dealing. Cops have been killed. And it's like, oh, so how do you, you know, maybe tied into it and then to show that room with that stuff. And she's like, oh, do you have a little brother? And he is. I mean, John Boyega looks, you know, if you had said he was 23 years old, you wouldn't have been shocked. Yeah, this is. And, and that is two things. One, that's like a that's like a real phenomenon, which is like most white people over age, young African-American males to a great extent um, in their head. Uh, and then also, you know, the way that um, Joe Cornish in the beginning of the movie, when he goes, when John Boyega, when Moses goes to his apartment, it's the last one of a scene of, of like, like sort of a montage where they are all going home to their own living space and grabbing weapons. <laughs> Which and is hilarious. Hi to their mom. Amazing. Say, yeah, yeah. They're it's all so funny. To their family. Like, and this, this, someone... this to me is very 80s because in the 80s there were tons of movies. And the one that this is like a little bit of a like a like out of left field. There's a movie based on a Stephen King book called Cycle of the Werewolf. The movie is called Silver Bullet. And ah, yes. Corey Haim takes a bunch of bottle rockets and things as his weapon to fight a werewolf. That is all over this movie. <laughs> but so they're all doing these goofy and they're grabbing goofy weapons. These are all like weapons that like high school or like younger middle school kids would find and hide under their bed. Like one kid yes. has a machete. That's not even yeah. like who knows what that is sharp or not. He yeah, probably, found, a it. In London, he probably found it in a trash somewhere. Um, I love it. One guy takes like a decoration, uh, like Katana, <laughs> like it's, it's hilarious, but, you get to that last moment where you're about to see Moses and Joe Cornish just goes, Nope, not for you. Not yet. And the, and the way it like, he shuts the door and zooms out. It's very apparent. It's like, you're not allowed in here yet. And it's not to me. It was, it, it could seem cheap and, and kind of manipulative, but I love the way he pulled that off. Except that you get the impression that nobody knows. Right. And so That's it's important. not that we're the only ones that are being mm -hmm. withheld this information. His friends don't right. know. Right. And mm. so when you're talking about that toxic masculinity, you know, the story that we tell our young girls is like, your best friend should know everything about you, right? Like right. they should, like you should be an open book to your best friends. And the story we tell our young boys is that like, nobody should know what makes you scared what makes you feel hurt, what yeah. makes you feel alone, right? We tell our young boys, like, you've got to be strong, right? And not let anybody see that you're vulnerable. And you very much see that in, in the character of Moses. Yeah. You know, the, this is his family. And so when we talk about, like, what is his motivation for what he does, I do agree with Keenan that 
you know, when it starts becoming that his friends are dying, that's his family. Yeah, you're And so it's not just I have to man up, I have to go like, you know, step step back to these, you know, predators. It's like I have to save the rest of my family because I don't have any responsibility. Yeah. 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 It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's it's really good. By the way, the use of the little kids in this movie Uh, is truly fantastic. This is such an 80s thing, right? Where you have like their main group of characters, whether they're high schoolers or they're there's some level of like these. This is the age group we're following in this movie. And then slightly below that, there is a group of goofy kids. There's like the, amazing. Who's the what is it? The brother in Better Off Dead is building a rocket. Oh, there's yeah. like, and then you have the paper boy. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's kids in like the sister and rad. The sister and rad. The, but you yeah. get the sister and Ferris Bueller, right? right? Like those the, secondary storylines. Yeah, absolutely. And those characters are such like they are hilarious. Mayhem and probs. I wish I would have written down their real names. I think it was like Gerald and something else. But there's one point where Moses says like Gerald and Terrence, get back to your, go back, go home. And what they end up doing is like, and part of this is hilarious, but part of it is also sad, right? Like you see these two kids that are doing incredibly dangerous things, even before the aliens are there, because they look up to this other group of kids who is doing incredibly dangerous things because they look up to a this drug dealer who seems to have all the power because they have no other people to look to. <laughs> and well, but they are I hilarious, by the way. <laughs> amazing. I love them. I love the scene with the dumpster where they end up in the, like, they're the unlikely, because I was wondering how that was all going to play out. Like, who's going to come back for this kid? I felt like he was going to live, but I'm like, who's going to save him? Because the other folks are, they're busy. They are not coming back. Mayhem and probs. Yeah. All over it. Well, one of, one of the, I think the, I want to say over the past 20 years, I think one of the, the issues have been, and it, it probably started in the late nineties and then, early 2000, like late 90s, early 2000s, which is a dumpster fire of of Hollywood in some respect. But there was a complete removal of movies of this type. Um, And, you know, this is one of those few, I think, that have gotten there. And there's great ones out there, but these low to mid budget movies that have been squeezed out in instead doing reboots of old big budget franchises and big franchises. And my hope is we're starting to see more like diversity in terms of directors and things like that with streaming services, producing films, and that start to get more movies of this type. This is not a huge budget. It's not a franchise. It's original story told with, people who usually don't get put on film unless it's, uh, you know, a movie about gangs or, you know, I mean, you don't get a genre of this type and it's refreshing that other countries, usually not America will produce things like this, like (laughs) Canada, England, France, you know, they, they support arts and are willing to give money to people, not, Make shit like 
Zack Snyder's DC universe films and give them what? Not taking the bait. What, how much extra money did they get, Keenan? Uh, 70 they, million. Say, they oh, gave Zack Snyder from, from 3.4. Yeah. They gave <sighs> Zack Snyder 70. You could have made probably 50 attack from the blocks with the money they gave Zack Snyder yeah. to reshoot just. And I think that's a problem with modern film now that we give $70 million to, to redo a film to prop up a streaming service. And we could have had 50 more movies like this potentially, which is an awesome movie. Yeah. Yeah. Before we finish, can we give um, some props to the, the second character whose name I don't know in the, the teen group. Who's, who's the boy that's always explaining things. Who's always like trust, trust fam. Oh, the white one. Yeah. The white boy. Yeah. Yeah, what's um, his name? He looks oh, like Timothy funny. Chalamet. Yeah, he he's a young like Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Like I Timothy can't believe Chalamet. I don't remember. I don't remember Tr- his name, but he like... was fantastic. I Pest. loved that character. Pest. 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 Well, Pest was his his. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. really his name. He but. was great. I felt like his delivery, like there was such a an emotion to him, like when he spoke to the nurse about like. I need you. Like yeah. I, I, I was right there with him. Like he was just breaking it all down. Like I, I love how like when he's trying to, when he's trying to hit on her in the weed room yes. too. And but like he's as the as the movie's going on, he's it seems like he's like warming up and being like he he's the one who's like the nicest to her. Yeah. And then at the end, when Moses is like. Give me the ring. He's like, no, no, that's mine now. Like, he's still like, yeah, fuck her. I don't care. I don't care. I'm yeah. just talking. I'm just. That's all I'm doing. Like when it really comes down to it, he still doesn't give a shit about her. Yes. Like, at all. Yeah, he was I great. He did anything wrong. So good. Alex Esmile is his name. He, we looked him up. He hasn't been yeah, in much. It's, it's much. a shame too because like, like I said, three of the other characters have have gone on. John Boyega obviously went on to become Finn in Star Wars. Uh, Jodie Whittaker went on. Was was this before or after Broadchurch? Uh, oh, this would have been before, before Broadchurch, right? Yeah, yeah this she's would have been, been yeah, and she's been in. A, she was in a ton right. of stuff. That, well, that's I was. I the, wasn't the actually going to say yeah. Doctor Who. I was going to say Broadchurch because <laughs> that is really what catapulted her. Yeah, and um, and and Dennis, he's actually in the Arrowverse. He's one of the people in ah. Legends of Tomorrow, and he's been in the Flash, and he's been in like a bunch of other stuff. It's it's. He actually does have some, a pretty decent career going on over here. He does yeah. all the CW shows. All right. Uh, so if we had to pick one thing each um, to sell somebody who my guess, a lot of people have not seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, what's what's everybody's one selling point? See, Why do you watch this movie? Gosh. I don't know. When you say selling point, you're saying if I wanted to like, like convince, you're trying to convince somebody to convince someone to watch it right now, tell them say- why they should watch this movie. Joe Cornish, who is really friends with Edgar Wright, and he's like in that family of Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. If you we didn't talk movie, about him at all, by the way, yeah, I know he's amazing. I mean, that's why I wore the hot fuzz shirt. Yeah, because of but that fanny pack. I mean, Edgar Wright even produced th- produced this. Yeah, like this. The, he he's good friends with them. He co-wrote Ant Man with Edgar Wright. Um, it, it it's it's in that wheelhouse. If you like Shaun of the Dead. You're gonna love this movie. It, it's just in that, like, it's hard to describe. Yeah, it, it's like Edgar Wright. It's hard to describe. It'd be hard to sell. That's yeah, if I you, would I would say just like Edgar Wright. Hey, if you like Stranger Things, watch this movie. Yes. There you go, Katie. Yeah, I think it's just it, it's a genre bending film, and I think those are always fun. 
I, I think, you know, whenever you can watch a movie where you feel like, well, that was that was like really different, <laughs> you know, like that mm-hmm. felt yeah. like a new experience, new story. I, I'm in that, you know, it, it Co- feels fun and new. And if you want to learn about it, a lot of things about London, like, the, yeah. Ahead, yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Last year, I watched over 250 movies and I probably count. About. Less than 10 percent of them that are truly kind of cool, unique takes on things. And I would put that in this category. It's stuff that you'll in stuff that you've liked from other movies, but done in a new, cool, different way with different representation of people. Um, and that doesn't come along very frequently. Yeah. I don't think that you get to enjoy that. All right. So it's time for King of the Hill or Bottom of the Barrel. Really tough. I think we all <laughs> loved this movie, obviously, and would highly recommend some tough questions here. Well, one of the questions is not tough in the least. Uh, and the other is, um, is Attack the Block better than Casablanca? Is it worse than Rad? Let's start with uh, Keenan Laird. Is Attack the Block better than Casablanca? Is it worse than Rad? Uh, it is, I'd say no to both. It is okay. definitely way better. I mean, Rad, I haven't seen in, God, we're pro- probably like 30 years, <laughs> maybe maybe a little less than that. Um, but uh, from what I can remember and from listening to the How Did This Get Made episode of Rad, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's definitely better than Rad. Casablanca's, uh, I, I'm a huge Humphrey Bogart fan. I love, Casablanca is not necessarily my favorite of his. Probably it goes Big Sleep, Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, but it's still up there as a great movie. Yeah, it's so hard, you know, when you have a film that's 80 years old that is still that good to watch anything that is like new. less than 20 years old Mm -hmm. and try to like hold them up together because this movie is so much fun, feels so good. Do I feel like people are still going to be watching it 80 years from now and saying like that movie was a game changer? No, I don't. So yeah, Casablanca still is going to be king of the hill. That's funny. I'm, I think you and Keenan just convinced me to to put this ahead of Casablanca for this year because Casablanca is not a fucking game changer at this. Like, it wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't. It didn't it, change anything. But it's really, really good. Yep. I, this movie has more to say than Casablanca to some sure. extent. I think. I think Casablanca is probably more relevant in the time it came out. Right. Makes sense. And this movie is more relevant right now. As far as like the lessons that I can take away from it, the things that artistically are trying to be said. I think. I don't know. I'll be the, I'll be the person that I'll wear my descent collar tonight. I like yeah, it. All right, I Ruth. like it. I love it. Uh, this film is not as good as Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. I will immediately crush that choice. But Jim's uh, descent but not is on only, record. Yeah. Not only I will write my paper. Is this, is this paper right film? Now. Not only is just this is a film better than Rad. The bike riding in this film is better <laughs> than the bike riding that was in Rad. Though I would have put this film. Head of Casablanca, if the aliens had an ass sliding sequence, yeah. 
Or with a 1980s <laughs> they, I mean, love song. They if were they had done that, scaling the building. So I know. It was, it was close. So close. All they that was an awesome was a, visual. That was a really cool That scene. was, by the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. All they needed was a... Uh, a, a metal what, shoot. Like a, a metal a, a shoot. No, that was like a... What was that thing? That was like a concrete stone. <laughs> they could have done it with those, you know, when they stack all the trash cans together for construction. They Home Alone two style, yeah. yeah. Just have them go through the trash cans right down uh, the building. <laughs> but wait, it, it, listen, I would say, other than Casablanca this year, I would put this movie ahead of One Night Miami, and I'd put it ahead of Tenet. Yeah. So I mean, it's just where it fell in the calendar. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's going to be interesting going forward with with Casablanca up there. It's like it starts for me to really examine is it just nostalgia that's holding on to that movie so hard i am not going going forward i'm not going to say it was the first to do anything because i Mm. think that's the feeling i feel but it really wasn't no i think you you just have to judge it on the movie itself because nostalgia to me is like that was not even a movie i grew up watching so i don't have that attachment to it Actually, I, I think it'll be interesting because since none of us were alive during that time, how does it hold up to? I think it will be beaten at some point. Yeah, Maybe I not. do. I do. Yeah. I think it will but be. Rad, Rad <laughs> might not be beaten. No, no. Rad, that might, Rad, that Rad might live might, on the bottom. I don't know. We might have Keenan back. So he <laughs> might pick <laughs> something else. Shit, we got to let Keenan pick the next two episodes I've been on have been good movies. I know. We're trying, Keenan. We're desperately trying. All right, time for five questions. Here we go. Oops. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, five question time this week. Keenan is answering the five questions. All right, first question. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Keenan? Of course, John Boyega is Finn in the new Star Wars trilogy. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the new Star Wars trilogy? Oh, Do the right I, thing. Keith. I hate. I know. I'm thumbs down. I am thumbs down. Oh, it's yeah, there's so many issues with it. Rise right. was so bad. Yeah. Oh, you you're yeah. in pain. You're you're. I am looking. In pain. It hurts. It hurts to say anything negative about Star Wars. Oh, I know. I kind of put you in really, a bad spot there. It doesn't really doesn't hurt it. to say anything. <laughs> Not, what what's really interesting is the new is the new Star Wars trilogy worse than the prequels oh yes what do you think about that i i actually do think they are i think i think episode (laughs) one is really bad but there's things about it that like when i go back and like look at and really do look at there's there's some redeeming things about that horrible movie but that movie is awful uh but i i also like at least in the prequel trilogies George Lucas was trying to tell a story and it wasn't just random people being like, Hey, I'm going to decide to do this. And then, and then finally, like I'm going to decide to take it in an interesting new way. And then have JJ Abrams be like, fuck you. I'm going right back to what I had before and forget all that, that we tried to do like, Oh, it's just anything that they could have like i, I basically lost how they're already changing the new star wars world and disney world and getting rid of all the mm-hmm. so and they're just adding all the mandalorian stuff yeah. instead they're oh, like yeah. let's get baby yoda in their stack i'll say rise of the resistance is probably it's an awesome ride right? rides that i've ever ridden in my entire yeah. life i ran it i rode it twice it is phenomenal it is so 
you are there. You are like in the Star Wars universe. It is amazing. Uh, our second question, Keenan, would you rather watch a sci-fi movie or a science fiction movie? <laughs> After you so beautifully explained that to us earlier in the episode, which would you rather watch? Uh, science fiction. Absolutely. You're a liar. No, you I, are the king of liking shitty movies. I know, and I will watch. And here's the thing. Okay, the question was, would I rather? Liar! It's, it's not, what do I end up watching? Bow down I, to it. Bow down to the movie of slime. I, I end up watching, like, really terrible movies. And, like, I really do get enjoyment out of watching really bad movies. But when it comes down to it, like, I do love, like, I actually do love good movies. All right. Like if, if, you, if you said, would I rather watch uh, Blade 2049 or would I rather watch... I don't know. Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai. You awesome. would watch rather Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> All right, Keenan, fill in the blank question. Of course, Jodie Whittaker is the new Doctor Who. Um, but Keenan. No, no, she's not. She's the new Doctor. Okay. On Doctor. What was this? It's a thing, Brian. Doctor Who is the name of the TV show. The character's okay. name is the Doctor. Couldn't tell you. I've never watched an episode. <laughs> uh, but Keenan, who is the best Doctor? Oh. <sighs> The best? That's that's a tough question. Uh, David Tennant's pretty amazing because he brought in years of fandom of the show, and it's clear from the moment that he's on screen that he loves the show and he's happy to be in it, and he brings excitement to it. So David Tennant, he did a great job, but I do love Matt Smith. I love Matt Smith's portrayal. Okay, David Tennant's better in Broadchurch. Yes, he is. Agreed. Uh, all right, Keenan, what's your favorite question here? What's your favorite film with an alien in it? Just has to have an alien in it. That's the only question. Me. I was. I mean, come on. Obviously, Batman v Superman. Superman's an alien. That, that, oh, yeah, that's like true. That's a good ever. point. I didn't even no, think about uh, that. It has to be alien. Like literally, alien. just alien. Yeah. yeah. Original. All right. Love it. And finally, Keenan, deep thoughts question is you're involved in an alien invasion taking place on your block. And your old block, I think alien invasion is actually happening before you move. <laughs> I think I saw a car lit on fire or something one time yes, there. Yeah, I uh, what, that. what would your weapon of choice be? Would you use a guitar like uh, Jody Whitaker grabbed at one point <laughs> in the film? What would you be using as your weapon of choice? So actually, what, what, uh, what I was reading this question, I was thinking about not not where I live now, but more so where I was living. And I did have a Casey Jones bag, which was in a golf bag filled with different weapons. I had a poker in there. I had a golf clubs. I had a baseball bat and a field hockey stick. So I have to go with one of those and I'm going to go with field hockey stick. Oh, that's a right. good one. That's, that's, that's a good a choice. Very unique choice. Cause a very it's got a nice choice. little hook too. Yeah, it's got, got weightiness. It's got yeah. a little, mm, Love it. Yeah. Um, and that's five questions. Uh, <laughs> recommendation. Does anybody have a recommendation of anything that they would like to share that they're reading, watching, eating, loving right now? Yes, I agree, Keenan. Oh, you just WandaVision. That, huh? I have to say this about WandaVision. I am a huge MCU fan, but I took all of 2020 off from the M MCU. I was burned out um, from everything they put out and did not watch any of the movies, did not do anything and it has reinvigorated my love for the mcu and i think that same here i only rewatched them once 
<laughs> which is <laughs> Keenan only spent 40 hours in the yeah, past right. year. Keenan is very rare. Uh, so I do think it's, I think the first few episodes are different and unique mm-hmm. and they were smart enough not to go to the route that so many TV shows have gone and they pay off on all the mysteries and weird stuff pretty quickly in the run mm-hmm. of it. And I do love what I, I, I will say this for the Mandalorian as well. They, put the money on the screen. I was very concerned with all this stuff that it would not look or feel like the movies, like they did with agents of shield or they've done with other movies. You feel like you're legitimate. Like this is part of all the other stuff that you've seen before. So if you have Disney plus Disney plus sponsor us, uh, (laughs) you should be watching WandaVision. Anybody else have anything fun or unique they're watching or reading Still or plugging along with with the West Wing? Oh, I do. Where are you now on the West Wing? Where are you? Oh, episode 11, 12. Yeah, oh, you're, so, you're beyond start, that. You're really starting to get into the good stuff. Like, oh, yeah. When it gets we into love season, it. Four. we're loving it. Three yeah, and four. You know, amazing. spoiler alert, but we're at the point where he is just deciding to tell more people about his medical condition, and uh, Toby uh, has figured it out. So. And um, having love it, having such a, a good yeah. joke. <laughs> I did take our last guest recommendation. Jimmy Costanzo told me I should check out the video game Control, and it is fan freaking tastic. Keenan, I highly recommend it. You should check it out, buddy. It's so good. I just finally set up my uh, my PS4 and Xbox. So yeah, is it on console? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think so, um, Keenan. Tell the people where we can find and listen to Pop Addled and how they can get in touch with you. So we are on any streaming server, any, yeah, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. It is Pop Addled. Uh, Tim's on Twitter. He, that is at Pop Addled. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pop Addled and Instagram. I sometimes check. And yeah, we're just every week. Last week we talked about, uh, I think we just talked about basically like just, caught up with everything that was going on in life just had a nice topical uh this week coming up we're going to talk a little bit about the super bowl which i did not watch so <laughs> why not There's a lot of a lot of insight so my my section of that is going to be very short <laughs> i'm going to watch all of the commercials on youtube and talk about that basically because that's all i would have paid attention to anyway mm-hmm. and then we're tim finally watched wandavision so we're gonna really get into it and we are going to try i'm i'm, I'm making the promise right here right now we are going to try without going off or talking at all about Zack Snyder. Yeah, good work. We're going to try. Very good. Won't happen. Won't you. happen at all. Um, <laughs> Who's your higher power? <laughs> yeah. Just, good luck with that. Um, and well, thank you, of course, Keenan. And we thank will, you for having me. We yeah. will see everybody next time. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Bye, commenters. Bye. Bye.